Hey, welcome to another episode of I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Krantz. And I am Chip Chantry. Oh, I like the I, n- nice little I, robotic intro. And I kind of, I feel like I did <laughs> a little it well bit this time. Foreshadowing. What are you drinking right now, Ken? Is that a coffee or is that a... It's, it's just iced coffee. Okay. Um, Loaded with vodka. Yeah. Um, behind the boards, as always, Kahuna, welcome back. What's going on, gentlemen? How you doing? Kahuna. I'm good, man. I'm on cloud nine right now. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Why? Tell, what's going on? Tell Chip what's up. I have just, I saw my cameo in Clerks 3. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, uh, so I saw that. And I'm just reeling in it. I'm on, I'm in a great mood today. Oh, that's great. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank so you, man. I, I need to know a little bit more about this, and we'll tell Chris about this. And I think our listeners, too. And, and I hope I'm not giving too much away. Or I, no, I think go for they, it. They would appreciate the exposure. But just so Chris knows, so Ken is in the studio right now. Ken, can you explain the studio? I don't think we talk about it a whole lot. Uh, what studio we're recording from and, and what goes on sort of behind the scenes there yeah we're recording uh we're in homedale new jersey at at bellworks um which used to be bell laboratories where the where the phone was invented here and um where the studio is a shared universe which uh i guess kahuna maybe you're better at explaining it yeah, but like we're, uh, we're kind of under the kevin smith umbrella here kind of more by association right because ming and mike are his friends he has recorded here a couple of times but it's more or less ming and mike's side project and hustle to kind of bring a podcasting experience to the masses and it's worked out well in their favor it's uh probably the best job i will ever have outside of working for myself but yeah it's it's been a great gig and uh this is personally my favorite studio yeah the bellworks one yeah the one in eaton town is great but this one's a little more lax yeah and but, i'm i'm not worried that this one's gonna collapse on me one day <laughs> no fault of our own just the building we're yeah. in just long long story but yeah that's a shared universe Come on down if you ever want to record a podcast in New Jersey. And Kahuna, you've just seen your cameo appearance in the movie Clerks Three. Yes, I did. So, did, have you? Did you see? Uh, were you? Did you see a screening of the film, or no, you were I just, just showing your? I scene? just saw my part. Yeah, I, I don't know the rest of the movie. Yeah, but I just saw my part, and it was amazing. <laughs> my brief walk on cameo, but it was just so cool because it was like I've watched and obsessed over these movies since I was a kid. And to see that, it was like, oh, wow, that's cool. Meanwhile, oh, sure. Meanwhile, just uh, it's just so cool. It's just wild to me. Uh, that's great. Congrats, man. Thank uh, you. I'm, ex- I'm excited to see it. And of course, we uh, last week for our listeners, if you haven't listened back, we had Brian, uh, uh, Brian O'Halloran. Uh, for, uh, Dante from the Clerks franchise, who uh, we talked about, who was great on this podcast. Uh, and we talked about the amazing 1974 <laughs> Ringo Starr, Harry Nilsson horror film, Son of Dracula, which is the most amazingly terrible movie I've ever seen. And Chris, it was, it was have incredible. you ever seen it? I, I have not. No. Oh, my God. You're uh, in for a treat. It, it's on YouTube. It's free. It's from 19. It was made in 72 and 73 height of uh, Ringo and Harry Nilsson's fame. And they still couldn't really get it uh, 
to a distributor because that's how bad it was. And it's well worth the watch on YouTube. Uh, you know what? It, it feels like we didn't bring this up. It feels like it needed the mystery science 3000 treatment. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Right? Yes. The MST 3K. Like it's perfect for that. It's the perfect. It's Manos hands of fate, basically. Yeah. By the way, uh, before we go any further, we should uh, we should introduce our, our guest. Should we do that, Ken? Or should yeah. we just like. Just not really. What if we just, <laughs> just if you and I just talked this whole hour and just made it? <laughs> and just every once in a while, just go to him. Um, uh, it's it's my great pleasure to have on a uh, very, very funny comedian, one of my favorite comics, Philly comic, uh, music nerd, the first guy to ever take me out on the road to perform. Sorry, the road. It's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please welcome to the show, Mr. Chris Kosha. Chris Kosha, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm not on the same kind of cloud nine as Kahuna, although Kahuna, I don't want to uh, burst your butt. I just saw on Variety they lost their funding, and that is not going to get released. So, yes. uh, so. damn, oh, there goes man. my movie. Oh. <laughs> damn it, it's fun, it's fun while it lasts, Kahuna. Yeah, yeah, it was good. That you show know, business. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe it'll be on YouTube one day, and yeah. we can. Uh, yeah, I mean, my it'll claim be- to fame will always be the I Love Rock and Roll podcast. Come on. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, like, the like the like the famous silver screen quote. Uh, we'll always have Homedale. <laughs> oh, uh, so, yeah, man, uh, it's it's great to be here. What was the name of that? I'm going to write that down. That movie. Uh, what was that? It's called The Son of Dracula. It's from Beautiful. 1974. It's on YouTube. It stars Harry Nilsson. I mean. Chris, you're you're aware of who Harry Nelson is, what what he looked like, right? Yeah, yeah. He plays a modern day son, the son of Count Dracula. Uh, uh, Ken, uh, tell him what uh, the son of Dracula's name is. Yeah, you seem to think this is a big joke, but I still don't get it. His his name was <laughs> Count Down. Count Down was his name. So Ken, let me explain it one more time. His name is Count Down. It's like it's like Countdown, like a countdown. That's what's funny about it, Ken. But so uh, he plays the son of Dracula, but he's basically just Harry Nilsson, like it, just being Harry Nilsson. Oh, and there's music in it. Oh, by the way, so there is music in it. The son of Dracula has a house band that he plays in sometimes. Uh, the, the so the. Horn section from the Rolling Stones everywhere else. Jim Price and Bobby Keys are in it. Peter Frampton is in it. One of the scenes, John Bonham plays drums. And another scene, Keith Moon plays drums. It's Peter Frampton on guitar. Yeah, it's this incredible band. Terrible movie. And Ringo Starr plays Merlin, the wizard, in like an old with like an old man, white wig and the the moon hat and everything. And it's it's terrible. And it's it's great. So just put it on sometime. Just have it on in the background. And uh, I can't recommend yeah, there, it enough. There must have been some kind of tax loophole that said to musicians, you should make movies. Because I'm thinking, too, of like, um, wasn't there like a, a, a monkey's movie that was produced? I Head. Right. Yeah. Frank was- Zappa was was a, a yeah. part of that. Right. And I think Jack Nicholson was Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson wrote it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there had it had to be like some kind of tax loophole where they said, "Look, you guys are making too much money. Here's a way to dump some." Yeah. And also get a tax credit by for the, it. By the way, I've I've seen Head. Yeah. Citizen Kane compared to Son of Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> not not even kidding. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Chip, yeah, it's 
there were so many of those bad um like and then and then yeah that was trying to think zappa had a movie which never i don't think ever came to fruition it was like but um it was like a an animated um thing but you know what maybe it did i'll have to look that up that was i was also a zappa fan oh no it came out it came out i think in like 89 uh the are you thinking of the little mermaid the one where no. the girl comes out of the water and yeah, no, that's, no, that's no. a different I one. That was a, I think that was a different Frank. Okay. Okay. Maybe um, okay. not sure who, but uh, agree to agree to disagree, Chris. Agree to disagree. <laughs> could have been could have been Little Mermaid. We, tr- we, so. we try we try to be uh, uh, you know. Uh, I guess we'll never know. We we never will. We never will. Um, well, but I think we need to know about what our topic is this week. Uh, I know Chris is a big fan of this of this band of this project of this uh, installation, if you will. I, um, I I wasn't a big fan. I always liked what I saw, but I didn't know a lot about them really before I did this deep dive. Uh, although I did on many long road trips, we've di- we have listened to Devo, you and I together, Chris. Yes, uh, uh, I will oh, force and- it on to anybody that I can. Yeah. And I just kind of gave it away, but Ken Krantz, tell them who we're talking about this week. The Romantics. The Romantics. Oh, no, wait. No, no, wait. It's Devo. You're right. It was Devo. They do just want to bang on a drum all day. (laughs) (laughs) This is um, Devo is uh, I'll get into this later, but the impact that this band has had on mine and uh, some of my families and my friends lives is absolutely incredible but i was i was one of those very early mtv kids mm-hmm. who i would just sit cross-legged in front of mtv and yep. and like a sponge soak up every video they played and whenever whip it came on my little eight-year-old brain was like what the fuck is this <laughs> this isn't like anything i've i've seen well and, and that's the thing that i always loved about as much as I didn't know that much about Devo, but just that world of Devo, maybe if you want to talk like talking heads a little bit. Uh, uh, and then you go into like, Bar- is it Barnes and Barnes, the fish heads guys? Remember Barnes and Barnes? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I was a Dr. Demento yeah, like, list. Yeah. I was okay. a huge Dr. Demento listener. So yeah, I know Barnes and Barnes. I don't know how far outside of the Dr. Demento world they existed. Right. But it was like one of those things where I would see that even as a little kid and be like, Oh, I think they're making fun of everything else. Like they're like at first they look just like these nerds or these weirdos. And they're just like, Oh no, they're just, this is, this is, there's something more here to it. And, uh, I always appreciated that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, Ken, you want to jump into that about your, uh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get to that, but just we'll give a little background on them. So, yeah. so they're uh, an American band. They they were lumped in with the new wave bands of the late seventies and early eighties. Formed in Akron, Ohio, uh, in nineteen seventy three. This is something I didn't know un- until uh, last night. So I always know that the name Devo comes from the word de-evolution. And they had this theory, the de-evolution theory, is that mankind has peaked and was now regressing. And um, what I didn't know was that they, they, the classic lineup is two sets of brothers, Mark and Bob Mothersbaugh and um, Gerald and Bob Casali. And they met at Kent State University and actually formed in the wake 
of the Kent State shooting. Mm -hmm. Um, Jerry Casale lost one of his friends was um, was one of the victims was one of the victims in, in Kent State. And it's just weird to think like of all the protest music that came out of that, like, you know, Ohio. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like what was what was that? Uh, Ten soldiers and Nixon's coming. Yeah, we're yeah. finally. Um, but then also that like whip it came out of that same <laughs> that same yeah. event. Yeah. Um. So they formed in 1973, and then um, they didn't make much headway for a little bit until um. I'm not sure how they got on Saturday Night Live. Uh, but that was their big. That was their big. And they had a, they did a cover of uh, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Mm-hmm. That is, it's maybe my favorite. I mean, the Stones are my favorite band of all time, but it's maybe my favorite cover of a Stone song. And when you think that it was like the most iconic, you can argue maybe the most iconic song of the 60s. Mm-hmm. And that they took it and and made it robotic and herky jerky, and they actually um, the week before they were on SNL, the Rolling Stones were the music were the guests they hosted and and were the musical guests the week before Devo appeared. Um, but based off the strength of that Saturday Night Live episode, uh, they got David Bowie's attention. Yeah. By by the way, uh, two things real quick. I, I'm pretty sure I heard an interview once that either was Jagger or Richard said that Devo's cover was their favorite cover of Satisfaction that they ever heard. Like it was the band's yeah. favorite version of that. Well, uh, also, I, I heard so, that. I heard that too. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so out there, and uh, like it, it makes things work that you didn't think would work in favor of that song. Because that song been covered by everybody, from even like Otis Redding, yeah, a bunch sure. of other artists, Britney for, Spears. For them to <laughs> for them to come in and have this really weird off kilter drum beat, but still have the same iconic guitar riff and all of the same elements there, but with their quote-unquote Devo twist really, yeah. really sells it. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the one thing I want to add here to this, one thing I always think of with Devo, uh, Dana Gold, comedian Dana Gold, one of my favorite comics, he talks about, he, I've heard him tell the story a few times, and it's so perfect. He said, you know, he grew up in outside of Boston. His dad was a bartender and would come home drunk from work late at night. And he said he would always stay up when he was like, you know, probably middle school or whatever, stay up and watch Saturday Night Live and his dad on Saturday nights always got in right as the second performance of the musical act. Like it just all, all each week. That's when he got home from work and Devo was playing and his dad was all drunk and comes in and sees this and just turns to Dana and goes, what are you watching? The goddamn asshole show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was like, yeah, there, there that's, that's, that's what a drunk, Older Bostonite <laughs> would say if they saw Devo in the late seventies. Devo, right? yeah. that's hilarious. <laughs> I just found. The, uh, oops, sorry. You go. go. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just found an article from Rolling Stone about the the night that they were on SNL, and it was they only got on because their manager had promised a Neil Young appearance later in the year mm-hmm. if they played Devo. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, because nice. apparently Lauren Michael was like. 
whatever about they, them. They are um, well. It's interesting you say that with with Neil Young because Neil Young was one of their early champions. Neil Young. Yeah. David Bowie, Iggy Pop, Iggy Pop. they yeah. were all early champions of Devo. And on YouTube, you can watch Neil Young made some rock concert film movie in the early 80s. And he cast Devo in it as they were like nuclear wasteland yes. garbage <laughs> men right? or something. Yeah. yeah. But there is a there is um a scene, a, a concert segment where Devo and Neil Young are playing together. It's a 10 minute version of um, Hey, Hey, My, My. Neil Young on guitar, Devo as the backing band. Mark, they're all wearing giant. Neil Young's just dressed like Neil Young. Devo has the Devo shirts. They're um, wearing giant rubber masks. Mark Mothersbaugh is in a crib. Dressed like in a giant crib, dressed like a baby with a giant rubber mask and playing the keyboards and singing through the rubber mask. Uh, hey, hey, my, my. While Neil Young plays like absolute blistering guitar on it. And at one point he's rocking the crib back and forth and Mark Mothersbaugh is just pounding the keyboards. And it's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's, it feels like, um, it feels like one of those hazy, like cocaine fueled scenes, <laughs> but it, it's a 10 minute version and, and it's, it's, it's incredible. And the, musically it's incredible. So that would have been, um, uh, either uh, boogie boy or, um, yeah, there mm -hmm. was, they had like different characters in, yeah. that were, that would come out. Um, there's also a great version of a song called worried man, which I think is a Neil Young song, but Devo does it as they are, um, loading open containers of nuclear waste into the back of this pickup truck. Um, and it's just as great, but it's a, it's a really great song and like super catchy. Um, and it, it's one of those songs where you go like, like, this is really catchy. Why didn't this like get airplay? But it's the same thing. I mean, I, I there was um, in the background, there's like Ramones, uh, you know, end of the century, which was the Phil Spector mm -hmm. produced Ramones right here, which was, Terrible. I hated Phil Spector. I hate Phil Spector. Uh, and, he got himself and, in some hot water recently. Is that right? I think he. I think. I think he was me too or something. <laughs> yeah. He was. I don't know what that kid's up to. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there is a there are a, a couple of songs on there. They go. Why wasn't this getting like heavy rotation? Because it was such a not Ramones style. It like, wasn't like that do, 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 three minute. It was actually kind of lyrical and had like a, I was like, you could totally play this at prom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and the same with worried man, which is like this, like, Oh, I could totally see like just bopping along to this song. Um, and if nobody said it was Devo, I would just be like, Oh, what a good song. I wonder what that band was. Um, and it wouldn't carry all the, the Devo stuff with it, but I, you know, yeah. Um, now, Chris, uh, what was your, do you have a, like a certain memory of like the first time you heard them or, or what was your introduction to Devo? So when I, I'm going to, I'm going to tilt this screen up so you can see on my little wall of bands. Oh, there it, there it is. There it is. There it is. 
Yeah. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah. So are we not mad? Uh, just so, yeah. So uh, if for the listeners, he's just revealing uh, a number of Carly oh, yeah. Simon records, which is, yeah, I don't so, know what Carly yeah. Simon has to do with this, but Lou, this Lou Mamba, Lou, Lou Vega. <laughs> Yeah, Mambo, Mambo, number, Mambo five. number five. Yeah, that's up here. <laughs> that's up in the upper right hand corner. That's super important to me. But yeah, there's Ramones. That's an actually an autographed Ramones. Oh wow! Uh, I see yeah, the Clash from End of the Century. This the Clash, Zappa. and then and then Zappa. So, um, so yeah, I had like a weird you you kids today. It's so easy <laughs> for you, uh, but but when I started out, yeah, right. So like when I was getting into music. Uh, I went to high school out here in the Philadelphia suburbs and there were like two camps. There were the, um, there was the, uh, you know, the, the courtyard kids who went out and smoked, um, and listened to like Zeppelin and, um, whatever, you know, Hendrix and that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and then there were the, um, kids who got drunk on the weekend and uh, drove their cars off the road. And then their parents, you know, made everything, uh, you know, disappear. And right. It's, <laughs> right. You know, you know, you know, right, you know. so uh, they were into uh, that Southern rock. Uh, they were stupid, like, like Leonard Skinner, uh, outlaws, Molly hatchet. Uh, so there wasn't really a, a, a place for me and my nerd skateboard friends. Like yeah. we didn't really fall into either of that. So you would kind of like start to find stuff. So um, what I mean, basically I would go to the record store at the King of Prussia mall, which is right next to the purple cow. Uh, if you remember the, it was like this record. And I wish I could remember that maybe it was record revolution. I don't want to, uh, there was record revolution. It, it there at least at one point was one in the, uh, where the AMP was, uh, my brother used to take drum lessons behind it on yes. on two hundred two on two hundred two, but further down from the mall. Yeah, further, further down from the mall, and it was a guy, yep. and he would, he would always wear like a tracksuit. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of my records from uh, Record Rev. Yeah, Record Revolution, and they had a lot of in store appearances, which was great. Okay, um, the one in the mall did not, but um, I, you would just I would just go in and like talk to the record store guy. Uh, you know, and like, you just say, Hey, what's cool. And, and going through albums. Right. So when you see an album that has a cover, like the Devo cover or the Ramones, and you're like, who are these four like long haired guys wearing leather jackets? And it looked like completely, you know, anorexic and these torn jeans. Uh, like it was like, I'm just going to buy this. Right. And then, you know, like you look at, at song titles, right. Like beat on the brat. Okay. I need to have this record just because of this. Yeah. So you'd, I'd never, we, you would never hear it. You would take stuff home and then you could actually, you know, listen to it. So it was really like, you know, the, the covers made a huge difference. And then that some, uh, eventually there was, um, a guy named Lee Paris in Philadelphia who had a show called yesterday's now music today, which, in, which was basically playing stuff that was, um, hip you know other places like the like punk uh ska reggae stuff like that that was that wasn't getting any traction in the states really and he would play that and it was like two hours of like these are the things you need to go find now and you yeah. go out you, you buy all that um <clears throat> but that was it right so so devo was really just like oh my god look at this amazing record cover right like what is this it's like a, it's a golf ball and a guy and you know um and just gotten into it from that. And then, like I said, it was a skateboard kid. So he used to get out of Cherry Hill Skate Park and they would play stuff like that. Cause again, it was like, 
the punks and, and new wave kids kind of into the same thing. So you would catch stuff and you'd be like, well, what's this? Who's this? You know, and um, go out. And, and like I said, it was just kind of, you know, a lot of exploring, kind of a lot of figuring it out on your own. But it was like what my, you know, what we needed. Cause it was like all of a sudden, all of us nerds, outliers, right? Like we were not popular kids, my friends and I. I know it's hard to believe. I mean, I'm super attractive. It's too bad this is. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not sure what that's blog. like. So yeah. you'll have to describe that to us sometime. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm a, I was a male model for quite some yeah. time. And, uh, <laughs> the, I went to the handsome boy uh, modeling school. Uh, uh, but, uh, um, you know, we were just like, we were just kids that just weren't super popular, right? And so um, looking for like something that, and then just like these bands all seem like they were the same, right? They were all like outliers. They were all like rejects and, um, but they were like doing their own thing. So, um, yeah, so I had some friends in high school who were, you know, a couple of years older than me who had older brothers and that and older sisters. And that was kind of an entree to that too. Oh, we're listening to, you know, Elvis Costello or Nick Lowe yeah. or, you know, whatever. And you have to go see them. It can't, it can't be overstated how much having older brothers did yeah. did for your music taste. Right. Like and my, I was the oldest. So yeah. I was. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was the oldest, too. And it's you really have to seek it out. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Tough. Yeah. No, I, I had my brother. Yeah. I had my brother handing me Devo, handing me Bowie, handing me the who and the stone saying this is this is what you need to listen to. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's I mean, that's. I, you know, and then I had two sisters after me who were like, you're dumb. That stuff is horrible. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is why you're not popular. <laughs> Stay away from our friends. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my, my sister had ter- my, my older sister. She's got cool taste in music now, but growing up, it was awful. So I wouldn't she'd be like, oh, here, you need to be listening to I'll be sure. And I was like, I'm going to I'm going to stick with what my brother recommends. You <laughs> you can now, save your breath. Give, I will give my sister credit for one thing. And I'm going to pull down a little souvenir. Uh, my sister and her friends were obviously Springsteen fans. And I I could drive. They could not. And they're like, we will buy your ticket if you take us to go see Springsteen. I'm like, no way. I'm not going to see Bruce. But he is dumb. That's terrible. I like punk rock, period. Uh, and then they, they bought me that ticket right oh, there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and we went and saw Bruce Springsteen and he did, I don't know, two and a half hours, whatever he did at the spectrum. And it was just like, when's he coming back? I have to <laughs> yeah. see him again and again. <laughs> uh, it was just this amazing, amazing show. But, uh, it, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so that was, that was, I will give my sister, uh, Beth credit for that, that, you know, she needed a ride and I ended up going to see Springsteen at the spectrum, which was, uh, pretty damned amazing. Oh yeah. Um, um anyway, sorry. Like I, 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 I we, we gotten off on a tangent. No, we, no, 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 that's great. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, what I, what was so cool about Devo too, was that, uh, they were so innovative. Like they, they were, they were one of the first multimedia. They were one of the first bands that really explored multimedia. Like they, they were out there shooting their own films, playing them 
while while they were performing live um they had a lot of like blue screen special effects back then that synchronized to the music they were they were pushing the boundaries to to see what they can do before people even realize that that you can be doing that um yeah it was i mean that was going to the show and like chip and i, I was before we started recording i pulled up just to see when I had seen them. I, I saw pretty much every tower show. And they would, you know, they would come to the tower, um, you know, because when you're um, a high school freshman, you want to take the um, P and W train to 69th street and then walk <laughs> uh, to the, as fast as your little legs can carry you. Over have have, the, have you, you been know? to the tower theater before Ken in Philly? No, I, I've never saw anything. At uh, the, I saw, I saw shows at the old spectrum, but I never yeah. saw anything at the tower. So yeah. So the tower, my, actually my wife is going to the tower this coming weekend. Cause that's where the, I think the Van Gogh exhibit is. Oh, right I now. didn't, like, I didn't know it was still, immersive. I didn't know it was still there for I well, thought it's, it's like I mean it's I think it's still there, but they're not doing shows anymore. Oh, okay. Is that right, Chris? I think there's no. I, that, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I, I think it's over as a as a performance theater, but like I think they're 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 doing something. I think I'm pretty sure it's at the Tower. My wife is going. It's like some. It's like this immersive uh, Van Gogh exhibit where you go like stand inside the paintings or whatever. I I, I don't understand right. it, but yeah, uh, but yeah. So so the Tower Theaters. It, I mean, it's technically in Philadelphia, but it's not. It's like you have to take you can't walk there from Center City like you have to take the train there and it's not the nicest area. And it's like yeah, you, you either park in the in the lot or you uh, you take the train in and you just you get into the theater and then you get out. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. You hope that the show didn't run long. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. But it was I mean, it was an amazing theater. I actually got to perform on that stage um, as a comedian uh, for a uh God, it was what was it? Hands across America. You know, they like. Oh wow! W, yeah, YSP, WYSP of Philly was like, we're going to do. I think it was either twenty-four or forty-eight hours of straight comedy, uh, and they just like just it was just kept going. Like so, you know, so they went to anybody. I was probably a minute in the business, and they're like, <laughs> you're doing five minutes on the stage at Tower Theater, and I was like, I saw so many bands here. I can't wait. And you got to hang out in the green room, but, uh, that's I, great. Do you I, still I, use that pretty, as a credit? You've seen this uh, next do, guy I on do, hands I across do, America. I, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tower theater. He did the uh, late night show. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, um, I'm but, sure by, by the way, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop real quick. I'm, I already yeah. quoted Dana Gould, but I'm going to quote, uh, uh, one of, uh, one of Chris and mine's uh, favorite people, John Kensel. Uh, he, we were at a comedy, just a, this is a bar show a couple years ago. And there was a comic on stage. I forget who it was, but he was like, Oh, uh, do we have any virgins in the audience? Or does, does anybody remember their first time or whatever? And John laughed about something else. And he was like, Oh, you, sir. And he like, he didn't see that it was John. And he goes, you, sir, do you remember <laughs> when your first time was? And John goes, uh, he, he just says, uh, uh, yeah, when was Hands Across America? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was. Uh, so, so when you, Chris, when you saw them at the tower or any other places, like what do you remember about the lot about the live show, about the, the setup or, or uh, anything? it was it was amazing. So when I would see them uh, and it looked like I was looking at the one and I, I don't think I was at that 
early one of the two earlier shows in like the 70s mid to late 70s I, I think i was probably just too young to be allowed to go and it looked like they had david johansson as their opening act who was uh from new york, new york, new york Dolls. Dolls, yeah yeah um so when i would say they did not have an opening act and what they would do is show their their films they would show okay. the, the, the movies were their opening acts um and they would have if you have you can look them up it's all on it's all on youtube like everything else it's all on youtube um and a general boy and boogie boy well, and uh yeah they're with it you want to hear something hilarious so i was researching last night they on some shows used to be their own opening act but they would be uh they would do it was like an alter ego band where they played soft Christian rock and they would open up for themselves. And which means they had to write all of these soft Christian rock songs. It's and easy, amazing. man. You just yeah. play girl with God. Right. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. Um, they also, they, they recorded, um, elevator music versions of their songs like the like, fuck? Yeah, yeah like music and they would play it before they took the stage and then so many fans would go over to the soundboard and be like what is this you're playing that they started offering to the devo fan club if you sent in five bucks they would send you a cassette of devo elevator, of devo music. elevator music that they <laughs> that they recorded Oh. I own it. I, I own it somewhere in my pile of That's amazing. CDs. It's the DZ, Devo Easy Listening yes. Disc. Yeah, you can find yeah. a few of them online. A few of them are available to stream now. But I, I, I read the funniest story the other day. It just popped up on Twitter on David Bowie News. And um, they were interviewing Mark Mothersbaugh. And he was talking about in the 70s when they caught Bowie's attention and Bowie decided he wanted to produce them which is what got the buzz going so they're hanging out i guess bowie came to see a show and then they're hanging out backstage with bowie and then he goes oh uh i invited miles to stop by and they were like miles like who and then miles davis walks in the door <laughs> and so he's asking devo what they're about and they start like explaining the whole de-evolution thing mm -hmm. and miles just didn't understand any of it and had no idea what the fuck they were talking about and then just kind of like shrugged his shoulders and walked out <laughs> 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 which i guess it's like you know the king of cool meeting the king of the nerds and yeah. right, right. cool like, one yeah. out he, yeah, that, it, that'd be great if he like went home and somebody was like, Miles, where were you tonight? He's like, I think I was at the goddamn asshole show. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you. <laughs> All right. So wait, I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you a couple stories about what this band means to me. So when I was uh, when I was in my early 20s, my, my dad, when he was alive, we used to have this house in the Poconos. And uh, every year, my brother and uh, my brother and then I, I took it over at one point. But we used to throw this giant Halloween party and they were like legendary parties. I actually one time at a party down the Jersey Shore met somebody who was telling me about the greatest Halloween party he'd ever been to. And he was talking about my party. Wow. Yeah. And just a, like just a random stranger. 
And um, so we would like the costumes, it became very competitive and we would keep them secret. Like you would do group costumes with one group of friends and you would try and keep it secret from everybody. It would be like a big reveal the night of the party. So one year we plan, we decide we're going as Devo. Like we order the Devo shirts like Chris is wearing today. You know, like we cut the sleeves off. We got the energy domes, which I still have. I I still have the whole costume. But we we like put out a red herring like we we waited till somebody from one of the other groups was in the room Mm -hmm. and we on purpose let slip that we were going to be like the scooby-doo gang so they (laughs) thought they thought that they had something on us you know and then they were like oh my god you're fucking idiots like now we know and they were taunting us with scooby-doo for weeks yeah and then we show up the night of the party dressed as devo yeah (laughs) uh everybody loves the devo costume so my brother and a bunch of his friends they they go to or a bunch of our our friends they go to mardi gras every year and every day is a different costume. So they were like, well, it was such a big hit at the party. We're, let's wear Devo to New Orleans. And um, my brother comes back from Mardi Gras. And he's like, dude, you have no idea what it's like being Devo at Mardi Gras. He was <laughs> like, people lose their fucking minds. You, will, you can't possibly understand it. So then either like the following year or the year after, I go to Mardi Gras bring my Devo costume. We go out as Devo. My brother was like, and this was before I ever got in the standup. My brother was like, you're going to know what it's like to feel famous. We go out as Devo. And I was like, I thought they were overselling it. You know, we go out as Devo and literally being stopped every 15 feet for pictures. Oh my God, it's Devo. And we kept getting the same dumb question. Are you guys the real Devo? <laughs> like, like you're no, this a giant costume. You're like, yeah, that's the real Chewbacca. That's the real Alice in Wonderland. Like, yeah, yeah. Devo came to a costume party dressed as themselves. Um, are we? Are we Devo? Uh, no, we are men. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just regular guys. Um, people buying you drinks, stopping for pictures. It was my brother was absolutely right. It was easily the closest I'd ever felt to becoming like to being a celebrity. Um, now that you know, I've been doing stand up for 13 years, I can honestly say it's still the closest I've ever felt <laughs> to being a celebrity. So the so they wear the Devo costume every single year. I only went to the one Mardi Gras. They do it every single year, but it's also become like our go-to Halloween costume like sure if you're going to a party or you're out in the city and and it's a halloween thing it's like there's nothing to it all we've learned is those energy domes are really hard to keep on your head so you got to wear a wig (laughs) you got to wear a wig and like tape them to your head um a friend of ours goes to a foo fighters concert uh, and in the city one night dressed as devo it's a halloween concert and they're having a halloween costume contest winner of the contest flies over to the uk on the foo fighters plane with them wow to hang out backstage at a show wow and um he's dressed as devo and uh, i think he went alone and 
they pull him up as one of the contestants because the band's freaking out that somebody's dressed as Devo. It comes down between him and a guy who's fucking a sheep costume. <laughs> he wins. My my friend wins. The ba- I, th- I think it was the bass player for the Foo Fighters rolls his pants up to show a giant Devo tattoo on his calf. Oh my, God. <laughs> so my friend wins the contest. Um, we like my brother and a bunch of his friends went to see the police one year dressed as Devo on Halloween and security moved them up to the front row just based on the strength <laughs> of Devo. This has been the costume like we were probably Devo 20 years ago. And it's the costume that has never stopped giving. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, that is. Uh, well, I mean, that was it, right? It was like a like a really definable look, you know. And they would change it up too, right? So it started out with the yellow, with the yellow jumpsuit, yeah, the hazmat suits, which was the part of the evolution theory. If you watch that video that I of them in France, uh, somebody's trying to tear it off of them, and they it's are great. And they're like, and they're like kicking at this guy. And I'm like, you know, it's not so, you know, but again, I mean, they were coming in under that, that kind of punk, uh, um, you know, uh, heading a little bit too. So kicking somebody off of stage, literally kicking them off stage was not unheard of. Uh, right. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I, I saw them, I said the tower a ton of times, um, the, the visual effects were amazing, but they always, and they were art school. People, yeah. Right. Yep. So yeah. They, they always had something. My favorite, um, and one of the things I love, there's a, I told Chip that I look for this bootleg that I had that was like from super early days. And it's, you know, they've been described like the sound of things falling apart. Right. So it was that like, this boot is amazing. And I know I put it over to an MP3 somewhere. I cannot, I can't find the file, but um, it is like the sound of, of some, you know, of just, the end right it's right. just like yeah. destruction um which is what they were going for like the, it's right. it's intentional which i don't think yeah. people got they they were they were dismissed as a joke band uh, well, sure well i mean whip it was didn't it was did them favors you know was great for them but it didn't do them any favors in terms of right like being taken seriously because it was like oh well i mean you know, no not that i don't think that they Ever wanted to be taken that seriously? I mean, you more know, people saw just, them as a novelty than right, but they, right, right. That was it. That took them from like a band that was just kind of flying under the radar and had some had some fans and followers, but then it took them to like, a, the, yeah, like a, a novelty act, which was which is too bad, you know. But it's like every band has that, right? Everybody a band has that song where you're like, oh yeah, I love that band. And then they tell you this, the song. And you're, if you're a super fan, you're like, no, that that's song's the worst. terrible. Yeah. yeah. I still, right. yeah. I still love Whip It. I'm not going to. I, oh, I love it too. Yeah. It's a great song, but right. It, it compared it to the others. It. Yeah. 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 Right. It's like, uh, what was the, the, like the rock and roll high school for the Ramones. Yes. You're listening. Yeah. No, don't let that be your favorite song. Don't let I want to be your friend. <laughs> don't let that be your favorite dog. Oh, oh, do you, okay. do you want to hear you want an interesting bit of trivia? Do you know who the first ba- do you know who they initially wanted for the Ramones, but they they got priced out of it? The Ramones were not the first rock and roll high school no. choice. No, who was it? I, and I, I I know this somewhere in the back of my head, but uh what was it? Cheap trick. 
Oh shit! Yeah, that would have which been you, uh, which you could totally see. I'm like, oh, oh that would have been the that would have been just as mediocre a film. Yeah, well, that film was never going to be good, right? Like, it didn't matter how great the band was, um, right? It could have been, it could have been Prince, you yeah. know, like and, and, and the power generator. Like, it, it wouldn't, you know, Prince and NPG in a mediocre film, <laughs> poorly conceived. Uh, uh, that's the only other band I think that I've seen more than uh, Devo with Cheap Trick. Trick. Oh, yeah, I just. Yeah, Probably you know ten times. I, yeah. Yeah, I just saw them for the first time. I just, like they were my first uh, post pandemic concert. They were playing down the street from me. Uh, amazing, right? Like, yeah, they were I great. mean, uh, I, I, well, the, yeah, I. Uh, so, 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 I'm gonna get off on a tangent here, but but uh, Devo first time, uh, first few, like I said, always had a great stage set. Um, always, um, you know, like like they had the the, the characters will come out. But I don't know what year it was. Um, I think it was from Duty Now from for the future. But they had these like mini stages uh-huh. that were just uh, boxes, black boxes filled with probably what at the time were like halogen lights, right? Because I was okay. pre pre LED, unbelievably bright. They would stand on top, and then they had like a grate, and then they flipped them up so that it just blinded the audience and all you would see was like this hazy, you know, kind of like, like when somebody stands in front of a really bright light. Um, but it was just this amazing, like, just, I mean, it, you know, it just, it just really brought you into the show. Um, you know, it was, it, it was really a lot. I don't, I don't, I, you know, I don't know anything about the band. Like personally, I would imagine they must've traveled with, like a huge, yeah. Uh, I, actually, know, I saw, set, right? I saw an interview. Uh, I was watching an inter- I was watching an old interview with um, Mark and uh, Jerry on Letterman last night, and they were talking about how huge their uh, like convoy to to get to concerts now was. They were also the first band that I knew of that like made use of treadmills on stage. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, just like all kinds of, and the, and then the instruments too, right? And like the the effects that they used. I mean, the guitar, right? Like the the, the two by four guitar that I don't know what it was cut down from. Yeah. Uh, but I remember seeing he had one of the guitars that actually had the effects pedals, like must have been just screwed into the body of the guitar. Um, you know, just just again, it was about making noise. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, probably a silly question to ask, but it. Because Devo wasn't necessarily like they weren't selling out arenas. I I were think they? probably <clears throat> at their their peak height they probably were. I, I'd have to go, but no, you're saying no. Mm, I don't. I don't think because, so. I don't. No, the I mean, only reason why. I, sorry, you go. Sorry. Yeah, go go go. No, no, no. The only reason why I asked is because it, the the way that you guys describe it, and based on what I've seen from Devo, it seems like they would bring big scale like arena feeling shows to like smaller clubs. Like let's say they tried to put on an arena level event at like the count Basie. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I, I can appreciate that level of theatrics. Like, cause not yeah. many bands would even do that. Then it would just be like guitars, plug in, go, that's it. Right. right. I, 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 I think that I just looked it up. The, the tower theater, for example, you said they play the tower a lot, like early eighties uh, is about 3000. So like they're playing like a 3000. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I guess yeah. theater. That was probably them maxing out. Yeah. 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 
Um, I saw them not too long ago at the 930 Club. Um, oh, wow. And, in DC. Yeah. Yeah. And they did all their albums in order. You know, so each night was one of the albums, although they just ended up kept playing because they were having a great time. But it was hilarious because, you know, like all of us, they've aged. So it was <laughs> like seeing your dentist. Yes. 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 To play, you know, yes. play demo music, but like, you know, in, in the full kit and, the, you know, but like, but they look like everybody's. Yes. Like, yep. You look like my dentist. I, I saw <laughs> them. I saw them at the Brooklyn bowl, uh, maybe yeah. 10 years ago. And we said the same thing. We were like, Oh, they look like every science teacher you ever had in your entire <laughs> life. But I will say, and I hopefully you had the same experience. They put on a, like a high energy, amazing. And I've seen, I've gone back to see bands where they do like the yeah. cash in tour, you yeah. know, cash in on nostalgia. Yes. Um, these, they, they, first off, they played full through the album and then went right into the next album yeah. just because they were like, ah, what the hell, right? Like you guys are having a great time. We're just going to keep playing. Um, and it was like amazing. Like I was like, whoa, like yeah. the energy level. Um, saw uh, Blondie and X at 9.30 as well, uh, and both the same. Although Blondie a little bit, like the energy a little a little less, but X was like back at like, you know, at 11, right? They were, they were, they just played, you know, full bore, no, no holds barred. Yeah. It, it's funny because as much as I love Devo, I went into that concert with very low expectations. And, I, you know, I mean, we're talking like 2010 or something like that. Sure, you know, they're, yeah. they're far removed from their heyday. And um, they were fucking great. Uh, yeah. The, the, everybody loved them. And, and they they tore that place up. They were they were great. I think that, like, people got so lost in the look and the concept that the fact that they were actually really great musicians just got lost on everybody. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's a, uh, it's always, and it's always a pleasure, right. When you see somebody doing that, like you're coming back it's so easy for bands to do that, come back, cash in on the nostalgia. Um, and you know, like, you're like, yeah, you know, like, it was okay. You're just really going to see them exist, you know? <laughs> um, and, and when they actually put on that kind of a show, it's yeah. just like, Whoa, that's awesome. Right. Like it's, it's, it, it makes it, it makes it 10 times better that they were like, wow, they really, they really give a shit about their audience. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were, um, they were, I was blown away at how good they are. We, we should also tell like speaking of multimedia, like the work that Mark Mothersbaugh has done on television and on film. See, this is why I know Mark. Yeah. Cause I, well, I was born in 95. So Devo was not really something. No, they, they were, they weren't even around then. They were, they were on yeah, hiatus. They were on hiatus. But, yeah. but I would grow up watching these cartoons with these awesome theme songs and one of my favorite shows as a kid was a show called Rugrats. Mm -hmm. And of course. my my mom and I would watch that. And one day she was like, you know who does the music? Devo. And I was like, what? What's a Devo? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then she plays me, uh, I Can't Get No Satisfaction from SNL. And I was hooked ever since. Yeah. But Mark has become one of my favorite composers yes, working he, today. He's... His, his scores work in every sense of the word. My favorite one he's done by far is the score for the Lego movie. Yes. It's, yeah. He, it's like, it's honestly, it sounds like what Diva would do if they had a movie to make. Cause right. it's all, it's, it's strings. It's electronica. 
and he's also done work for Marvel. Yep. He did Thor Ragnarok. He did it. Thor. He did um, he of television. He did Pee Wee's Playhouse. He scored. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He scored um, he the, the, the majority of Wes Anderson's movies. Uh, yeah, there. Have you ever seen uh, his his recording studio that he has in L.A.? No. It's funny that you made that dentist joke. Because he bought an old dentist office oh, in that's LA so funny. Oh, that's and, and turned it into uh, his production house where he does all this and where he collects and has almost every single instrument that they've used on a Devo record. I'm I'm guessing that he has made ten times more money scoring things, working for Hollywood than he oh, ever God, did. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent than he ever did with Devo. I'm not gonna lie. It makes so much sense when when I think about Pee Wee's Playhouse and mm-hmm. knowing Mark Mothersbaugh did the music. That makes a lot more oh, yeah. sense. Um, yeah, that, I mean, the, the music from Pee Wee's Playhouse is is just in it is just like pitch perfect for for Pee Wee, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just like yeah, it just and it, it's that kind of frenetic and uh, yeah, just kind of beep 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 beep. You know, right? It's just yeah. Where's yeah, my yeah. Where's my soundtrack, Mothersbaugh? I want my Pee Wee's Playhouse soundtrack. Also, like people don't talk those those first two albums uh, are you know question are we not men we are Devo and into freedom of choice that that is as good uh, uh, a debut and sophomore effort as as you've seen I think in in music history like those albums are still so listenable. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was, I mean, it got like, you know, right. And later and there was some stuff that was just like, you know, it was like, eh, okay. But yeah, those first two, like I said, I mean, that was us going to the record store and, you know, picking it up. I mean, can you imagine, right? Like you're a kid, you, you know, probably, probably 14 or 15 and you buy this and you put this on your record player and you know it's like what what is going on like mm-hmm. that like what is this right and uh like with the like the, the devo corporate anthem starts right it's just like all of that like i'm in your your brain is just like what the hell is happening here because you've been again like i i grew up with and i remember i remember nick Lowe on letterman kind of listing off a litany of these bands like foreigner kansas sticks journey and they were all like that's all the same band yeah all the same band and and while you go back and like oh they thought they had a good song oh that journey had that good yeah but but when it's all just one after the other it just feels like what the fuck is interesting? Yeah. Give me something that isn't. This is all like mattress music, right? It's all just like blah, blah, blah. And then here comes like noise. And again, you know, Ramones, Clash. And and Clash was from, uh, that was an older brother recommendation yeah. from my friend Dave's older brother. So, and I remember we went to, there was a rumor, again, pre-internet, there was a rumor that the Clash was doing a free concert at Central Park. So we go get in their station wagon, drive up to New York City. It's empty. Like, you know, it's empty. <laughs> nothing, you know, like like it. I, and I don't know. It might have been like Memorial Day or some weekend, you know, and they're going to do a free concert, which and. My friend Dave's older brother picked up the police phone. You know, they have those phones where, like, it immediately mm-hmm. dials 911. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, you know, what's your emergency? And he's like, 
we're at Central Park. Is a clash supposed to play here? We heard a rumor. That doesn't seem like a good idea, but there's a band shell in uh, yeah. Central Park that, you know, and, and we're like, this has got to be where it's happening. Um, and of course, it, it did not. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, we all chipped in for gas. I think it was a nickel at the time, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Whatever. Gas cost back then. But oh my God, yeah, going to see bands and just trying to like track stuff down. Again, like, you know, these kids today got it easy with the Internet and, the, um, but, you know, but it made it kind of an adventure as well. Right. So when you found something, it was yeah. like you found this gem. You know? yes. and, it was like, yeah, and you put work in to find it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. And, so you, yeah. And then you kind of own it, too. And I think, you know, Chris and I were talking at the before we started recording about how, like, we're, we're not listening to that much new music or whatever. And I feel like there's not as much ownership because you I don't have to go out like somebody's like oh this showed up on spotify so i like this one song so it just sort of it kind of washes through you where like if you're going out and spending the time like i feel like i own stock in rem you know what i mean like yeah. i've i've bought all their albums like i own a piece of that i, I took the time to re read everything like i own part of that band and i think that's what was special about it that people don't have for better or worse don't have anymore Right, right, right. And I like, like, I can't listen to LCD Sound System without thinking of you, right? Because you're the one who told me about LCD Sound System, and right, like, so, like, and that was the other thing. Like, there, we would have not fights, but like amongst our friends. Like, I remember um, B52s, right? Yes. So none of my friends gets the first B52s album. My friend AC gets the second b-52's album but my my friend john called them out on it it's like no but but yeah but you got the record but chris knew about them first <laughs> he just couldn't afford the record right like <laughs> yeah right like no but it was like that was like big right like it's like yeah. who who knew right like you know yeah. yeah but like yeah you know only know about the clash because dave's older brother told you about them and, da, 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 da. and it was just like, yeah, right. It was like who found it. And, and, oh, yeah. uh, um, so like now, like people talk about like the Ramones or something and I'm like, me, me, I, <laughs> I told you about them. You know? uh, <laughs> the, um, Devo was nominated. They were nominated this year for the rock and roll hall of fame. It was their second time nominated. The fact that they're not in there. I, I mean, no, okay. So whip stupid. it was their highest charting song. They, they, they never sold more than a million albums. But they're in, they influenced David Bowie, Brian Eno, Neil Young, Iggy Pop, Nirvana's covered songs by them, Pearl Jam's covered songs by them, Arcade Fire, Soundgarden. Like they were one of those bands, one of those cornerstone bands that every band of that generation grew up on and, and listened to. It's like embarrassing that they're not in. But I feel like now, it's, now that they're getting that rep, that, that, uh, that the the praise that they rightfully deserve because if Devo was a band that came out now, I feel like they would have a much more solid fan base of kids my age. Yeah, because mm -hmm. that's the type of music that even now I would listen to. Mm -hmm. But yeah. it just speaks to them that now they are starting to get that second chance. Like for that new album that they did in 2010 with Greg Kirsten was. I love that. Record. Yeah, it was it was solid. It I, was it I was really better than it should have been. Yeah, for, especially um, for a later in the game. Yeah, act to come in and redo well do that. 
they really excelled. So I, I hope that they continue to tour and continue to do more me, new music. Yeah, because it'd be a sad place without Devo. Yeah, right. And, but, and their sound is so out there. It's so out there and so original that like it is kind of timeless because it is just this po- oh, post-apocalyptic you know thing where it's just like it doesn't it doesn't exist on like when you listen to Journey, it sounds like Journey in that time and you know whatever. It's like it's for better or worse. There, there's there's bands that are great for that time, but Devo it just doesn't exist. I feel like on a on a time scale chip i'm so happy that you just mentioned that because you reminded me like this post post apocalyptic thing um so i'm watching uh you know they've always stuck to this de-evolution theory you know and so i'm watching they had some concert in 1980 that was broadcast on tv that i watched this morning on youtube the concert opens with a star wars like you know when the when the text crawls across the screen. So this is speaking of timeless. And I don't care what your I don't care what your politics are. If you're listening, I just thought that this struck a chord. So I took a picture of it so I could read it to you. August 17th, 1980, planet Earth, the United States of America. And I guess this was some kind of fictional, you know, concept concert thing. It was a dark time. The American president, Ronald Reagan, a former actor in motion picture entertainment <laughs> presided over the land. His oil-rich federation and fundamentalist Christian supporters fought to return the population to past times and practices that defied logic and would heap sorrow upon the masses. It then went on to say later that... Um, 25 years later, and I, this was a fictional leader they made up. They said, ironically, W is the new leader. And Ronald Reagan is a ray of sunshine compared to W. And people were yearning for the times of Reagan um, because That's of crazy. the de-evolution theory. And then I was just thinking, like, wow, like, if you just replace Reagan with, with Trump – and, you know, like game show host instead of actor, <laughs> like it's the exact same thing. Same and then thing. you think about all those people. And again, I don't I don't care who you like politically, but there was a, a large chunk of people that thought that George W. Bush was as bad as it was ever going to get. And then it's like, nope, 20 years later, here's here's Trump. And, it, you know, if you're of that mindset, you probably did kind of miss so yeah. I was just like, wow, how fucking on the nose is that? And yeah. how, how timeless is that? That is spooky. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I grew up in that, you know, that kind of Reagan was, you know, and again, like now I was, you know, had friends in bands who were just like, you know, trashing and thrashing the whole Reagan thing and it was i mean he was just put on this pedestal to this day still right like um and you're like do you realize like what he ushered in right (laughs) like you know um you know they they were pointing it out and it was it was great because again like comedy does music kind of gives information and entree into like when you get when you're like i don't want to i don't want to watch the news but like somebody brings this up and you're like, Hey, that's, yeah, maybe I should look into that. Uh, you know, but, um, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, yeah, I would, I'm trying to think what was the, um, Oh my gosh. This <laughs> by the, the, uh, um, the, uh, the anti-apartheid, um, 
Oh, uh, concert. Yeah. Sun City, not going to play Sun City. Yeah, yeah, Sun City, right, yeah. right. And there's Joey Ramone. Uh, I can't even, uh, oh, my God. Uh, uh, selective engagement is Ron Rigg plant, which <laughs> made less coherent than I just did it because yeah. it was Joey Ramone doing it. But right, but then, like, as a kid, you're going, what, what are they talking about? What's this selective engagement? What that, 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 right? And then you start like looking stuff up. Um, and again, no internet, kids. We had no internet. We had to go to we had, like encyclopedias. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it was uh, right. It was a way of like kind of going, oh shit, maybe I should be interested in this. Maybe I should be concerned. So well, and and it's like that older brother thing. Like when I was fourteen, listening to Pearl Jam. And then they would start talking about listen to the Beastie Boys and then they would start talking about Tibet or pro-choice or what. It's like, I'm 14. I don't know any of this stuff. And then it's like it 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 makes you aware. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, it was it was that 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 kind of like question everything. Right. Like check, you know, don't don't trust it just because it's it's you know, that was I mean. I, that was what got me into Zappa, right? Like, was it was just kind of like just calling bullshit on bullshit, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you know, just just because this, you know, just because that guy's in power right now doesn't mean he's right, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think uh, we're going to wrap up in a minute, but I did want to bring up there. There was one chip. You and I were talking about this off air. I think this was maybe a, a rare misstep by by a Devo member. And I do think it's interesting because I remember vividly when this happened because it was only a few years ago, but there is somehow almost no trace of this left on the internet. Uh, Chris, I, I don't know if you remember. Um, a few years ago, Jerry Casali got married again and had a 9-11 themed wedding. Because it was on 9-11, right? Yeah, was he got married on 9-11. And what? Yeah. They gave out, they had um, a, like a Twin Towers cake. Get the fuck out of here. And <laughs> I believe the like the giveaway was box cutters. Yeah, it was box cutters. Like, with, like they're engraved. Yeah. I would pay money if someone was able to find a photo. Of there's it. a photo. There's a yeah. photo of the cake on the internet. But almost, like I remember reading about it in Rolling Stone. I remember reading about it in the New York Post. And when I went to do some research. Um, and then Jerry Casali like blamed his friend. He was like, Oh no, my friend, like, like my, but like Kevin planned the wedding. It's Kevin's fault. You know? <laughs> okay. Oh, and you can see the, I'm looking at the picture now. You can see the box cutters. Yeah. Yeah. They're on the tape on the table. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, that's, that's a weird like destination event to ask people to fly in for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah shit. see that twink and then he had to come out and apologize like oh, i shouldn't have had that 9-11 wedding no shit yeah yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> <laughs> surprise <laughs> holy yeah. crap uh, i thought you were gonna bring up i think one of them has a uh, a wine uh like who sells uh, as a vineyard or something as well Oh really? Um, oh yeah. I bet yeah. Jerry. I, I bet Jerry wished he got into a, had a vineyard thing <laughs> yeah, right, right. instead. Maybe maybe the bad I idea. Mean, speaking of it, it's so it's so funny. I like I feel like that's one of the go to things. You have a lot of money. It's like I'm going to open a winery or a vineyard or whatever. Uh, 
uh, my wife and I, a couple of years ago, were in San Francisco and we went up to Sonoma for the night. And you're just like, Sonoma is just basically this like square town square. And then there's just mostly wine shops around it. So we just stopped in. It was like two and it was like, it was like a duck with like kind of like Groucho glasses, you know, kind of like that kind of thing. Uh, and that was the brand of wine. We're like, oh, this looks fun. So we go in there and it was the one guy and they were college roommates and they, they were like retired. Basically, at this point, they were like in their 60s, probably they were college roommates. They all they went off and did their own careers and then came back together and opened this winery. And I forget this guy was a lawyer or whatever, but his buddy, his, the partner was Ronald McDonald. It, like the actual Ronald McDonald from like the mid eighties to the mid nineties, like that was his gig and then opened up his own winery. Uh, and it's just like, if Ronald McDonald can open his own winery. I don't yeah. Know, but right. Can, yeah. <laughs> Again, it's gotta be a tax shelter. Like it's gotta be, by the way, I, I, I forgot to mention one of my favorite movies that I don't think you can find anymore um, called kill dozer. If I love that right. movie. I oh love Killdozer. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever talks about Killdozer. It's I, always I maximum mean, overdrive. <laughs> no, Killdozer was this. It was terrible, as you know. Awful. Uh, but so there is a comic book store or a video. I guess it's comic book and video. Anyway, in St. Mark's Place up in New York. And uh, I went in there with my friend and I was like, oh, you know what? I, they have all these weird videos i bet they have it uh and so i went up to the counter and as always like you know the super super cute hunky um you know comic book store girls like oh can i help you i'm like yeah you don't happen to have the movie killdozer <laughs> and, and she says what is it about it feels self-explanatory it yeah. feels like it's all kind of contained in the name uh, but it may have been the entire script as well uh, <laughs> but it was like that's great it was like and then she laughed and it, right as a comedian that's it you're you know like yeah. good night i yeah. you know i was like i've made it i've made an attractive woman laugh I have to go now. I, uh, uh, you know, uh, I rested, rested on my, uh, on those laurels for about a week. Uh, the, uh, uh, they did not, by the way, they did not have a copy of Killdozer available. It. It's on YouTube for free. Just like, uh, Is it? Oh, just Good. like, I, will have to find I may it. have I to watch have that. To. Yeah. You yes. think oh. son of Dracula is bad. I do. <laughs> I thought Son of Dracula was really bad. Chip, any, any luck on getting Ringo booked? I know I, I assigned you that. Yeah, uh, he said he's busy next week, but maybe the week after he'll be able to do it. Okay. All right. So we'll, we'll, he's we'll having tour discussions for his Son of Dracula tour. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Ring, Ringo Starr, we might have him uh, two weeks from now. That's, he's, I, we've, we've been texting back and forth. Uh, it's we're, either. We're, we're, it, doing, we're doing lunch on Friday, so I'm yeah. hoping that, you know. We it's can, either going to be Ringo or Johnny Good Times. We haven't. Yeah, uh, it's one of the two. <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> I mean, we could get a Ouija board and get Harry Nielsen. We could. <laughs> All right, Chris, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking about Devo. Yeah, yeah man, hope you, th hope th you thank you so much. Fun. Anytime. You got to come back sometime. Talk about yeah. another, another band sometime, too. For sure. I, yeah. I, it, it reminds me that I love music. Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, like how, how important it was. Anything you want to uh, promote or get out there to the good people who listen to, uh, I love rock and roll. Um, 
I occasionally perform now. I'm kind of <laughs> ramping back up. Uh, now that, you know, I, I don't know. No, no, nothing right now. I, you know, I, yeah, I, you look for me somewhere in a place where you go for comedy. You and I uh, will be in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. That's right. That's right. Yes. That November is November 6th, maybe November 6th, I think. Yeah, November yeah. 6th, a, yeah. uh, a school fundraiser. So you're not invited, general public. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Almost all my shows now are like, yeah, you can come if you're a member of the country yeah. club where I'm performing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, but uh, but I, I'll, I'm going to get back out there. It's been, I don't know if you guys had like 2020 wasn't great. Why? Uh, I don't know if you what guys happened? experienced what that. What happened? Yeah, no, I just felt like I just wasn't getting booked. In oh, I was venues. getting booked all the time. Yeah, I was really? I was doing bigger venues, just packed houses yeah. all the time. The pay yeah. went up. I was, my, was the places I was doing was so big they didn't even have walls or ceilings. Really? Oh, yeah, fantastic. Wow. That, yeah. Is, that is big. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, a lot of the best parking lots in New Jersey. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Chris Koshy, you performed on a trailer uh, the other night, I did which I performed I did. on that trailer a couple weeks before you. That was an, actually a really fun. It was a, a nice little gig. It was super fun. And you're in the middle of I said it was the uh, one of the few gigs where I thought I might get struck by lightning. Uh, <laughs> yes. because you, are, you are standing on a metal great trailer. Yep. Um, and in the middle of an open field next to a giant metal uh, replica of a windmill. Yes. Um, which is, you know, yeah, I was, with, I was ready. It was, it was so creepy because at least where it was, I think they move it around sometimes, but where I was like, I just turned around to backstage. There's no back to it. It's literally, mm -hmm. there's nothing behind you. It's not like a, a wall or anything like that. And you, I just turned around and it's just darkness in a cornfield. It was, I was like, I told the people, I was like, if you, if somebody comes out of here with a hatchet, can you please let me know? <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's, the, it's the corn maze. Yes. There's a corn maze behind yes. you while I was on stage. So they did not tell people that the corn maze was closed for comedy night. So there were people showing up with their kids and going oh. into the corn maze. And like halfway through my set, you just heard like screaming. Ah, kids screaming and i was like well that i I'm like you guys all heard that right like that's you know that's the first thought it's like that's just in my head um yeah. you know but uh, yeah that was a, that was a great gig if you guys have any outdoor gigs uh you'd like me to uh i have i have warm clothes for performing in uh, yeah so I'm, I'm, ready. I'm ready to do some some more outdoor shows too yeah, no, I love them. I, I I actually don't want to go back inside anymore. I no, just yeah. want I just want to perform outdoors. You're an outdoor cat I have, now. I have yep. my show show mittens, and I'm yeah. ready. <laughs> uh, Ken, what do you got? I have uh, so this just went on sale. Um, you can follow me at Ken Krantz Comic for dates. Follow the show at Rock and Roll Pod and spelled out. Um, but this just went on sale. I have a fun headlining show, a, head, uh, a hometown show in New Brunswick, Stress Factory, Thursday, December 23rd, uh, the night before Christmas Eve. It's usually a, a fun week. Uh, a lot of these shows sell out. I've been doing them for six or seven years now. So uh, go to stressfactory.com and get your tickets. Nice. That'd be, that'd be awesome. I love that. I, I like that. I like that club. Um, yeah. I haven't been there in ages, but, uh, but I used to uh, go up there with Dom. Uh, oh, Dom Herrera. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. I'm, who's yeah. funnier than Dom? 
Yeah. No, it, we were just talking. I, I had this, this weird, and this gonna, we're going to now go to the, um, wow, I thought he said uh, hour was the right length for a podcast. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I had, I had a, 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 feel free to completely cut this out, but I had a, a conversation with somebody about another show who turned out they worked at the Valley Forge Music Fair with Todd Glass as ushers. Yeah. Um, and then they were somehow connected with uh, which casino in, um, not Caesars, but one of the casinos in Atlantic City where Dom was kind of like the house comic would open up for all the bands. And I actually opened up for Dom there. They gave him the late night show. And I want to say it was Whitney Houston. I swear, I was talking to this guy trying to figure it out, but he was opening for her. And then they would flip the show to his for like the 11 o'clock show. Um, and we were just hanging out backstage talking. And all of a sudden you hear like all these security guards, everybody out of the hall, clear the hall. Whitney is coming through. And like everybody had to like scamper into like closets and, and rooms because uh, Whitney didn't want to make eye contact with anybody. Um, yeah, it was, it was the freakiest. I, I want to say with Whitney, I, I, hopefully I'm not getting the diva wrong. Listen, but, I don't, um, I don't like to make eye contact with people in, in, in Atlantic city. So I, have you, have yeah, you, I I'm not even, that? yeah, I'm not even anybody. So I, I feel like Whitney was well within her right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, can't, I mean, I didn't blame her. You know? hey, look, I've, I've seen me. I don't want to make eye yeah. contact with this either. You know, uh, I, I think like, my, my favorite moment in Atlantic city ever i was on the boardwalk and they have like the little showers uh out like on the beach like when you come in like just little shower stalls every once in a while and i'm on the boardwalk and i was looking down and it was a woman sitting next to another woman outside a shower stall and she would like they, they were older um she was holding her husband's prosthetic leg while he was in the shower and she just turns to her her friend and just goes this is the best vacation ever <laughs> <laughs> that's great all right chip where uh, you got anything coming up you want to plug uh just uh, at chip chantry uh on twitter and instagram kahuna oh, yeah. uh nothing to declare oh i have a halloween song coming out at the end of this week oh all right oh, nice. where, where, can, where can we find that that'll be on my youtube channel arcade productions uh it'll also be on spotify it's called when the clock strikes halloween should be out by either Friday or Saturday. All right, nice, great. We nice. will, uh, we'll, we'll play it here. Sweet, yeah. All right, nice. We something's got to replace the Monster Mash, and this could be it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back next week. 